There's Finlayson. It's a through ball. Good ball here. This is trouble. Ontiveros trying to get back. It's played across. Score! Ugo Coley. Alvarado with the win of that one. Smith able to get forward. The one-time cross into the area. Cleared away. Palmer keeps this one alive. He's going to have a go, and he scores! ...in USL Championship play. Grab the 2-1 lead. And first to react is Palmer, who just... So those are some of the scenes from this past weekend's match as Orange County defeats Los Dos up there in Carson. And we've got someone from those clips on to help us learn more about how that match went. This is the Orange and Black Soccer cast. And it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant in the last seven. Forrester in the middle now. Gets behind a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the right foot. What a strike by Harry Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Heads it down. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode, except for that one time, uh, to discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, especially that one that I missed, that is Dylan from Counterline Coalition. Dylan, how are things going? They're going. Uh, it's a little bit cooler than it was last week, so I am thrilled with that. But uh, still far too hot for my liking. Hope everyone's doing well uh, wherever you happen to be at this time. And, of course, other than Dylan, someone that's always with us is Alan down in San Diego. Alan, how are you doing? Good, good. Um, yeah, it's... Um... It's still hot, but I think the only thing hotter is uh, Orange County Soccer Club right now and their tear through uh, Group B. Hey, they oh. are on an amazing run tearing through Group B. I love that, uh, Alan, especially coming from down in San Diego. Uh, what probably has to be said, the best defense in the USL, the best team right now in the USL, maybe? I don't know, top of the... The power rankings, at least as we're speaking right now. Uh, and like I said in the quick introduction there, I brought someone along from this match against Los Dos. Let's bring him on right now so he's not wasting too much time just sitting around listening to us babble about nonsense. And that is the Loney from Rangers FC. He came with two other players from Ranger FC, and they've uh, they've all gotten a chance to make some uh, noise here in Orange County, I believe. Uh, and one of them is the guy that got an assist and a goal in this last match. That's Cami Palmer. Cami, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And we may be having some technical issues right now, folks. We'll see if we can get this resolved. Uh, we're not able to hear or see Cami at this point. Um, let's uh, hope we can get this back on. Cami, if you can hear, if you want to just try and uh, refresh your browser, we can get you back in here, hopefully. Um, and if you do, we'll get you on here. If not, we'll try and make things work a different way. Um, let me go to you then really quick, Dylan. Your uh, thoughts really quick on this match against Los Dos as we hopefully can get Cami back on here. Uh, didn't look like the uh, an obvious win for parts of that match, but when it came down to it, Orange County scores more goals than their opponents. And uh, Cami Palmer, a big part of those two goals. What, what are your thoughts on the match? Oh, I guess I should unmute myself. You'd, you'd think after almost two years of doing this, I'd be a little bit better at it. Um, I thought this game was a lot more balanced than I think we all expected it to be. But I'm ultimately pleased with the result uh, and another three points. Um, the goal that the Galaxy scored was a really well-taken free kick, so I'm not going to uh, really knock the team there. But they, they sat back and, and defended really really well for half an hour after uh, 
our good friend down down there in the corner scored the uh, what ended up being the game winner. So I'm gonna stop talking, and let's hear from the scorer himself, Mr. Cameron Palmer from Rangers. How are you doing? Oh, I thought it was gonna work. Thought it was gonna work. Maybe some internet issues. Um, I don't know if it's on our end or or what. Um, apologize, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you wanting to hear from Cami Palmer right now. We're having some technical issues getting him connected uh, onto our stream here. Um, let's get back to where you were then really quick, Dylan. So uh, it was a pretty con well-contested match between two. Orange County goes up early when uh, Cami Palmer feeds Ugo Akoli for a perfect, perfect assist. I mean, all Ugo had to do was tap that into the goal and, and he gets that easy goal there. So amazing pass there. Uh, Lostos comes back on a set piece that I believe if you watch the match, Aaron Cervantes maybe misread it a little bit because it looks like he reacted slightly late um, on that uh, save attempt. But it was a really good set piece. I'm not going to discredit the Lostos player that took that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, again, uh, uh, we saw Aiden Quinn against San Diego with a nice blast into the net. And now... I don't know is it, if Cammy was trying to mimic Aiden Quinn on that with a nice blast into the net or if it's just, you know, a perfect flow of, of two shots in two weeks there of blast into the net. Um, let's try one more time with Cammy here. I, I, I think we hopefully have him on here. Uh, by all means, Cammy, if, if, if you have to, you can turn off your camera. If you're having, if that may be causing any issues as well, if you want to turn off your camera, feel free to do so. But uh, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, Cammy. Hi, sorry the the Wi-Fi and yours. Just trying to move places. Uh, but yeah, thank you for for having me on and um, yeah, just looking forward to um, this discussion and just um, more of this season. So, so uh, one of the things we were discussing uh, while we were trying to get you connected were uh, you played an intricate role in both of the goals for Orange County against Los Dos. The perfect, perfect cross to Ugo Akole. Uh, for a tap in, and then you had a nice blast into the back of the net. Um, uh, what uh, what did it feel like to get your first goal here in Orange County, or at least for Orange County, uh, in, in a in a victory over Los Dos? Did you say first goal? Yeah, yeah, your first goal. So did you say first? Goal? Yeah, it was obviously obviously a bet. Obviously, the way it happened, obviously being one each and um, just being able to be in the right position uh, was was great. Um, but obviously, that's that's something I want to add to my game: goals and assists. Um, and obviously, thankfully that that came in uh, a goal and an assist. So um, obviously, as a midfielder, and um, if I wanted to go to the next level, um, that's what you need to add. You know. That's what teams look for: is players that have goals and assists that contribute, that kind of make an impact in game. Um, so, yeah, that's just something I want to continue to do. And uh, if I'm being honest with myself, um, kind of been a bit disappointed in some of my performances, and just um, I feel that the game against Galaxy kind of really showed um, what I'm about and just the, the potential that I, that I know I have. Definitely. And and one of the things we talked about last week when uh, Aiden Quinn scored a, a similar type of goal, a nice just blast into the back of the net, uh, how sometimes it's a little difficult to get that that ball to not rise up on you when you're putting that much power behind it. Um, what Share with our listeners maybe that aren't too familiar with, uh, you know, the trajectory of a ball when you're kicking it with that type of pace. How do you control it and keep it from lifting above the crossbar? Sorry, could you repeat that? I couldn't. I didn't catch the end of that. Yeah, I was just uh, wanting to know if you could share with our listeners when you put that kind of power behind a shot. Uh, how do you keep it from like floating above the crossbar with that type of power? I think, to be honest, I think we'd be lying if we'd say if we said we'd never smashed it in the top row of the stadium or over the the, the fences. Um, but I think you know just. Sometimes in these moments in games, it's important just to keep your kind of composure and to not just lash at it because, you know, um, you get, sometimes you get 
excited you know, the moment gets you, but I think for me it was just important just my head over the ball and um I knew that, you know, if I got if I got it where I wanted to, if I got it in the corner then um if I got if I kept it down then it was gonna go in. Uh, but um sometimes the ball bounced an odd way, you know. Um it's just thankfully for me it ended up in the back of the net and um I don't think I'll score as many good goals as that. <laughs> No, I mean, it's, it's the one for your shin or off your knee that go in. So, thankfully, it was a good one. <laughs> oh, it was an amazing, amazing goal. Um, so, let's talk really quick. It's been a, probably an interesting, what, six months for you, uh, for Danny, uh, and for Maddie Shields uh, coming over from uh, uh, Glasgow, Scotland, uh, coming out to Orange County together, running into this weird pandemic going around globally. Now you're like halfway across the world from your friends and family back home. Uh, what's it been like maybe having at least those uh, familiar faces with you during such a weird, interesting time? Yeah, um, I think obviously having, uh, I'm from Rangers and a roommate obviously really helped me through the time, really kept me motivated because obviously, obviously we didn't know what was going to happen next. We didn't know where the next steps was. We didn't, we didn't even know if there was going to be a season. So. There's a lot of kind of things come through your mind and obviously being away from home, um, those things are heightened even more. Um, but I think um, we were just able to, to keep each other accountable and um, just make sure that whenever the season came that we'd be ready to play because we knew that um, if the season went on, it would be a, a big opportunity for us to play um, where other, other seasons ended. So... Um, I think we're reaping the benefits now. We're, we're feeling good, feeling fresh. And um, those those days, you know, where we didn't feel like training, where we felt like just kind of, you know, having a day off, uh, I've started to pay off. And um, now it's just uh, a lot of games. And to be fair, there's no really time to, to sit and rest and take your time because we've had all that. Um, so it's, it's just go, go, go until the end of the season. Um, but which is what you want as, as footballers. You just want to play games you know training is great but you know this moments best experiences are when you're, you're on the pitch so that's what we're looking forward to wonderful um cammy obviously you spent a little bit of time on loan last year with partick thistle um and now a little bit of time actually quite a bit of time out here in orange county just how different has uh have these loan experiences gone for you Sorry, can you say that again? It, it's a bit, <laughs> a bit crackly. Yeah, no problem. Um, so you spent some time uh, on loan at Partick Thistle, and now you've spent some some time here. Uh, how different has it been, both lifestyle wise and uh, um, uh, play wise, for you? It, it was a bit, but I think I think you were saying that the difference between back home and here yeah that'll uh, yeah yeah so I, 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 can't, I, just, I can't really hear it too well um yeah I think I think um kind of um there's, there's major differences and um I think a lot of people are surprised and of Orange County and just maybe get as much attention back home because of all the leagues back home and in Scotland and England and in Europe. Um, but it's definitely on the rise and um, it's a place where it's attracting a lot more players and obviously America is growing as well just in terms of, of soccer. Um, so obviously the partnership that Orange County and Rangers made will allow us players get get more of these experiences. Um, to play out here because it's, it's a very good level and um, it'll really help us develop in, in more ways than, than one, not just on pitch, but, you know, as a life experience. And, I mean, we I think we got the, the biggest experience having to do it with a lockdown. Alan? Um. So we always ask, what is your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it? 
What's my favorite vegetable? Yes. Um, I, I do I do like my vegetables. Um, I, I do eat them. I don't don't uh, I don't just have carbs, but um, I I do like I do really like sweet potato, sweet potato mash. You can also make it different ways. Um, probably that's favorite. Um, you know, sweet potato. You can make sweet potato fries. You can make sweet potato wedges. You can make sweet potato mash. So, I probably, I probably say, I probably say that's my favorite one. And you, know, you always feel good after it because it's nice and it feels nice and healthy. But to be fair, I, I, I do like a number of ones. Perfect, perfect. That'll go into Dylan's cookbook of soccer player recipes for vegetables or something. Uh, we don't have a name for it yet, so I apologize if I'm making it sound really unappealing as far as a book. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go and let you head off, Cammy, because we know you got to uh, uh, prepare for tomorrow. There's a match that Orange County is going to be taking part of against Las Vegas uh, tomorrow, so we want to definitely make sure, just in case you're going to be part of those plans, you get a good night's rest and you're ready and energetic for that match tomorrow. So I want to, uh, first of all, thank you for joining our episode and hopefully we can have you again uh, in the near future maybe with uh uh we can find out what's going on with this internet connection and make sure we can have a an easier conversation yeah i know <laughs> um definitely get plenty of water and i think even stepping foot outside right now it's it's boiling so it'll be interesting uh, to play in <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, once again, thank, thank you very you much, uh, Cammy Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, midfielder who's on loan from Rangers FC here for your Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, you can watch Orange County play tomorrow. Uh, Cammy's part of that team. Maybe he'll be featuring in that match against Las Vegas Lights in the reverse fixture, hoping for another three points. Once again, thank you, Cammy, for joining us this uh, for this episode this evening right now when we're recording live. You know, it's one of those things with technology. We, we do this thing uh, virtually from different locations. Sometimes technology just, uh, you know, has the better better of you in that. And in this case, we we had that. It sort of felt like, I don't know if you uh, ever watched like the old news reports when they're reporting like halfway across the world and uh, someone in the studio asks a question and then it's just that awkward silence for like five seconds while you're waiting for the other person to hear the answer and then respond. That's sort of what we had there. So apologize for those of you listening to that, especially on the podcast version because of those gaps of silence there. But appreciate your listening and appreciate Cammy for joining us on this episode. Um, let me go to you really quick, Alan, because we didn't really get to hear much of your voice so far in this episode. What are your thoughts so far, um, uh, or what are your thoughts of the Los Dos match and you know Cammy's involvement in both of those goals? I think this is a positive step forward for Orange County. Um, LA has been kind of a Achilles heel, if you will. Uh, for Orange County in the past, especially last season. Uh, so it's nice to go to L.A. and get a win. Um, I don't necessarily think Orange County played the best game, but I think this is one of those instances where last year they play that game, they draw or lose. Um, so I, I think this is just another step forward for them. Um Cammy's assist was just right on it. Like, you can't hit that any better, like, can't i mean um maybe sterling doesn't score that goal but other than that um it's an easy tap in um i wanted to ask him if he yelled something at, at alston because he takes a kind of heavy touch and then you see alston like put his hands up and back away maybe like hey this is all you um i mean or kevin was just like you're definitely in a better position to, to hit this um it's nice to see that kind of secondary scoring, uh, which is something that hasn't always been the case uh, for Orange County in the past. Um, How do you wanted to ask the question and Cammy's still hanging around? It looks like, I don't know if Cammy wants to answer that question for you, Alan. Did you yell <laughs> something at K uh, Kevin Alston before you bang that in? Um, yeah, well, I was just, I was just shouting for him to leave it because uh, I think I was already envisioning the ball going into the back of the net, so I thought if he took a touch, I would have would have lost that. But yeah, I think he said he said to me he was he was gonna touch it unless I said something, and then as soon as I said something, he was just like, "Okay, you, you take this." <laughs> 
Well, let me say that that's that's an awesome yeah. thing, you know, with especially when you're coming in in that opportunity with Kevin Austin, a veteran of, you know, American soccer playing the MLS, playing in the USL. And you're coming in, a, you know, as a youngster from a different league and for him, you know, being willing, hey, if you say something, I'm going to leave it. And you actually are being vocal there and telling him, hey, leave it for me. You get that goal. I mean, that's that, that's awesome to see that you guys got this, you know, this chemistry going already early in the season with the limited action you've had. Yeah, I think to be fair, like obviously on the pitch, you know, you, as a, as a midfielder especially, you need you need to be vocal, and you, obviously if there's going to be older players, and you can't just kind of keep quiet. You know, you need to make sure you you speak to them, you dominate with your voice with them, and um, I think as well, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't pass up an opportunity like that, and I think we all we know all know each other well enough now just to to be vocal with each other it's it's nothing it's nothing on anyone it's just how the game is so that's obviously another thing that i want to add to my game and obviously that, that came up came up big um on saturday because if i, if I didn't say anything kevin Olsen was probably taking a swing with his left <laughs> which probably isn't as good of a shot as you getting a nice straight on shot with your with your good foot there. And I, I really want to share this clip now with my, my son and his uh, soccer teammates, because one of the things I've been preaching with them is they need to be vocal on the field. They need to talk to each other. A lot of the time they're just kicking the ball around. He's, he's eight years old. They're eight, nine year old, yeah. but they're just kicking the ball around, not really communicating, talking to each other. Um, just knowing, Hey, you know, by telling a player, I have this or leave it for me, it leads to such a good opportunity like that. So um, definitely. Uh, let me uh, say this really quick for you, Cammy, because you're more than welcome to hang out with us as long as you want. I just didn't want to keep you too long, but I noticed you were hanging there. And because uh, Alan had mentioned he wanted to ask you a specific question, I felt like I'll bring you back on for that. So just let me know if you want to hang out, feel free. If you want to head out, let me know uh, so we can let you do what what works best for you. No, I've got some time. Wait, obviously, obviously the, the connection wasn't as great. So there's maybe some questions that I wasn't able to to answer right away. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, Cammy and some of the younger generation, uh, Cammy being from outside of the US probably won't get it. But it's like that Verizon commercial back in the day where he had that guy walking around all over the place. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now type thing? So is what we had going on there. What, what's Dylan? What's up? D don't advertise for them. They're not paying for this. <laughs> don't deserve anything. Um, Alan, let me give it to you because I mean, you didn't really yeah. have a chance to talk to Cammy at all. Uh, while he was on here. Now that we have a better connection, do you have a question for him? Um, so I would consider you to be a younger player on the squad. Uh, is there someone that is kind of mentoring you outside of the Ranger guys, but, uh, maybe someone who's on the team, is there someone that's kind of taking you under the wing and what are they kind of preaching to you about, uh, playing in the USL or just playing professional soccer? Sorry, can you, can you say that one more time? <laughs> Yes. Uh, has anyone taken you under their wing from the team? And what are they teaching you? It, it keeps coming out at like at like the, the moment you said. You mentor. What are they teaching? <laughs> I'm gonna keep editing this down. The, the coaches. Coaches or players? Yeah. What are they Older working with you? Older players or the coaches? Older players. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, well, obviously, coming over here, a big reason why coming over here was because of the experienced players and um, obviously knowing Harry Forster, knowing Rob Kiernan, um, and I'm hearing about some other boys that um, played at a top level, like um, Michael Roscoe and obviously Thomas Bolton, who was here. Um so we knew it was going to be a great learning experience for us. And I think it's more just kind of watching them work um, more than always speaking to them. Obviously, I've had some great chats with Rob and with Michael Roscoe and Maiden Quinn. But just seeing how they work, seeing how they prepare themselves, just like even in the – even in small things like – Be 
I think <laughs> I think we're losing some connection there uh, from Cami. I appreciate I appreciate him willing to try over and over again to try and get us a good connection. Um, I, I I've I, I think all of us have dealt with it as far as Wi-Fi connection. Uh, you know, sometimes internet service providers aren't as great as others, uh, and it can cause problems. So uh, we appreciate him for trying to help out as much as he can, trying to get connected here uh, and answer some of these questions. We could try maybe one last time here, and then if it if it drops, we'll 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 move on from there. Let's bring him back on here, uh, Cami. I don't know if he found a, a perfect spot now in his in his place to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you so I'm just gonna say this. It seems like the internet connection is just not stable enough right now. So again, I appreciate Cami for trying so many times to try and make this work out. Uh, unfortunately, we're not able to get this, but we definitely will reach out and, and have him again on this show in the future. Uh, definitely uh, appreciate him taking some time this evening. Uh, thank you so much, Cami, for doing that. Um, let's get into this. Um, Los Dos, they get the three points. They give up a goal, which has been quite unusual for Orange County this season, but they do give up a goal. Now they've only given up what now? Um, is that two goals all season? Um, and although they've only scored seven, it's a five point plus. It's not the greatest thing, but we really looking at this now have a really good defense here in Orange County continues they're moving on now to play against vegas a second time um which when you look at it should be three more points but we all saw what happened this past weekend uh with vegas and phoenix and, and some phoenix fans weren't too too happy about that result i know alan uh dylan and i were on a long text chat after that and i think alan actually went and like studied the tape and got a stopwatch out and like calculated every single second that happened with everything going on. Yep. And in his mind, it seems like they added the appropriate amount of time to this match, even though it added up to what, like nine, 10 minutes of extra time on what was supposed to be four minutes of extra time. Right. Yeah. Four minutes minimum. Um, I took a look at, I, I like clocked the second mark and minute mark of stoppage time. And between the kickoff into stoppage time after the Phoenix penalty, which you can argue wasn't a penalty or not, whatever, to the offside whistle uh, to that led to the third goal, it's four minutes and 31 seconds of actual playing time. Um, I, I do think Orange County needs to uh, keep doing what they're doing on the road against LA and Vegas. Those are two teams that, you know, you go on the road, Vegas might give you a tough time. It's a smaller pitch. Um, it's a weird environment. Um, it's hot. It's Vegas. Weird things happen in Vegas. Um, I think the lesson they learned from Los Dos is, I mean, they did give up seven shots on target. There's a couple uh, things that didn't go super well. I thought Aaron Cervantes was maybe just a little bit unlucky. I think he gets to the spot, but that free kick uh, kind of dips. He puts a really good spin on it. And I think Cervantes picked it up as maybe a, sh a straighter shot and it kind of dipped right underneath him. So I thought he was where he was supposed to be. Uh, just maybe a little bit unlucky that he didn't get his hand on the ball. Um, I mean, you're going to give up goals. I mean, you can't go a whole season in the USL West with, you know, no goals allowed. Um, it has been impressive watching them play and not give up goals. Uh, but they're going to have a tough sh uh, shout in Vegas because Vegas is playing with a confidence now um, that maybe they didn't have a couple weeks ago. Um, things are starting to kind of click for them with their new coach. So Orange County's got to bring their A game for pretty much here on out. I think this is kind of like the big push into the playoffs. Um, and I think there's some backline things that maybe they need to solidify. We talked about that last week with Michael Orozco. Um, maybe not being a hundred percent as far as where we expect him to be, not necessarily his health, but just playing level. But I think Vegas is going to be a, a decent little test for orange County. Um, you got to get in there, uh, hunker down and get out of there with three points. Let me go over to you really quick, Dylan. Um, I, I would assume it's safe to say that if orange County is going to go to Vegas and, and get three points, Ugo has to capitalize on his opportunities. There was, two opportunities where he was one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper against Los Dos 
and he shoots it right at the keeper. I mean, it's not even like slightly off to the side. The keeper's just basically getting his knees to the ground, dropping and, and stopping it. Um, is that a correct statement? And if not, or if you agree, whatever way it goes, give us a little bit of your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, we've had, I would say, the first couple matches, especially the opener against El Paso, we really didn't generate a lot of chances. Um, and that's part of playing defensively. That's part of playing um, two banks of four and, and leaving just one guy up top to run onto counterattacking balls. Um, he has to finish those chances. Um, he's been in good form the last couple of weeks. I think he's done well with the majority of the chances that um, he's been placed. But I don't know if he was worried after the last match in which he dragged two of them just a little bit far the far post trying to shoot across the goal um or if he was maybe just at that point shoot near post either it goes in or you win a corner it, it was hard to say but i he scored a really great goal i'm not going to criticize him because it's obviously there um, and, you know, DJ also had a really good opportunity where uh, he probably could have put one on frame or um, won a penalty, taken it to the corner at that point. Um, you know, I'm not going to single him out for for missing one shot when he, he scores a really important and really well-taken goal. I'm not trying to like single him out or anything like that. I, and I think honestly, when you look back at those two opportunities for him, one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, they were pretty much straight on, which I think is the worst angle you can take when you're one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper, because it really closes the size of that goal you have. Whereas if you're coming at more of an angle, you have an opportunity to get that goalie out of position and, and um, you have a little bit more room to work with a little bit there. I know the, the, the physics of it, straight on you have more goal but it's just i think it just feels weird when you're going straight one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper like that um let's let's talk about uh or go dylan you're you're unmuting for a reason i think no you what are we gonna talk about ray um <laughs> uh, well let's uh let's figure out um you know we we faced las vegas just what a, a couple weeks ago or 10 days 10 ago days. it was yeah um so it's it's a short turnaround as far as playing them again here in Vegas this weekend. Um, opportunity, or no, sorry, not this weekend, tomorrow. <laughs> sorry. Um, this weekend, there's another match that we'll talk about in just a few seconds. Uh, so we, th they should go into this knowing what to expect out of Vegas. It's now we're in Vegas's turf. Um, is there any concerns you have going into this match? I'll ask both of you this question. I'll start with you though, Dylan. Any concerns you have going to this match uh, uh, for Orange County to not get uh, come home with three points? Yeah, it's going to be 103 degrees tomorrow when this game kicks off. Vegas's pitch is god-awful. It is garbage. It is trash. It is one of the worst in the league, which is weird to me because they own Cashman now. They are the only team that plays there. Uh, it's weird dimensions. It's very, very short pitch. It's in terrible condition. I think that's another thing. And like Alan said, they're going to be in pretty good spirits heading into this match. They beat Tacoma 3-1 uh, five days ago. I don't know what day it is anymore. And they beat, excuse me, they drew with Phoenix 3-3 at the weekend. So they've scored five goals from themselves. One of the goals was an own goal. They've scored five goals from themselves after not scoring in a couple weeks. Really, I think they'd scored two goals this season up until that point. So it comes down to, is Orange County a little bit more rested? And are they truly the better team? And I think the answer to the first question is a, who knows? Playing in bad weather, on a bad pitch. That might even things out, but they are, Orange County is the better team in this matchup. What are your thoughts, Alan? Um, I think looking at the game that they played um, in Orange County uh, can inform some of how the play is going to go. Uh, I wouldn't say Vegas had um, a lot of good chances, but there was definitely some chances to be had. Um, and Vegas is not going to 
is not going to quit. Um, I think they're going to play with that same like sense of this is our Western Conference Championship game, like they did against Phoenix. They have nothing to lose, um, and they have a really pr- a pretty good keeper. Um, and if he has a good game, um, he can maybe steal a point. Uh, we've we've seen in Orange County, uh, Frederick Dua have you know some amazing games that keeps Orange County in the match and able to um, get them to a point where they can win. Um, Orange County doesn't have the same kind of history that, with LA uh, as far as going there and not really performing. Um, but you know, a short turnaround, a Tuesday night. Um, thank goodness it's not a midnight match. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a different type of challenge. This is going to be a, does Orange County want to win the group? And if they want to win the group games like Vegas on the road, uh, when they don't necessarily have to win, but they probably should win, uh, I think this is going to be a good test for their menta- uh, mentality. Um, and we've seen some uh, grumblings from some of other top Western Conference teams that maybe the mentality isn't there quite yet. This is one of those games where Orange County can really say, we don't need to win this game, but we're going to win this game because we're Orange County and we're going to put our stamp down to be the top of Group B. Yeah, I think it's worth noting right now um, there is still a pandemic. I, I know for those of you in San Diego, I know you're off the watch list. For those of us in Orange County, we're off the watch list, but there's s- still a pandemic. Heavy-handed sarcasm aside, um Phoenix, I believe, is averaging 2.2 points per game at the moment, while Orange County is averaging 2.3, 33 repeating points per game. Now, that right now doesn't mean anything because we have three games in hand and we're six points behind, but if this season gets cut short because more matches get postponed and they move into a points-per-game situation, if Orange County is within, I would say, four points of Phoenix with anything more than, like, four games... Hand, I, I, I just realized I actually don't know how to do that math in my head, but um, Orange County could very well come out on top of this group if they keep this unbeaten run going, and if they win against teams that are at the foot of the table, they can win the group. It's, I think at this point, it's expected that they need to really go in with that mentality of getting the three points in Vegas, uh, just because they are, right now, at least looking at it, top of the power rankings, which I know we've joked about in the past. It's sort of sometimes a joke. Uh, now that we're up there, we're sort of like, yay, power rankings. But uh, really, it's 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 not the most accurate reasons why people are up there. Usually, it's usually just the, you know, the flavor of the month type of thing, or the, I guess, in this case, flavor of the week, right? Um, but we've been talking, or at least I've been preaching, how Orange County has an elite defense this season. Um, so... Typically in soccer and sports in general, if you have a strong defense, you can go on the road and still come away with with victories, which is what you should expect out of something like this. Is uh, is your defense should be able to go out there? Although, I, and I, I will take you for your word because I think you've called it out a couple times, Alan, that Michael Orozco has made some pretty bonehead uh, decisions out there in the last few games, which have been a little scary. I think even against Los Dos, he made one or two of those uh, where he sort of goes in for the slide tackle misses everything and now it's up to either uh, the goalie or Rob Kiernan or someone else to, to sort of back him up, which it's happened and it's worked so far, which is awesome. So with this team fighting for top of group B, they need to go into Vegas and get the win. Uh, we saw what happened with Phoenix. They go in there. It looks like they're going to get the win and somehow some way Vegas comes away with at least a point or a result in that. So um, yeah, it, it's one of those things. And I, I think they can do it with this defense it's going to be hard with a quick turnaround because they just played on Saturday. Now they're playing a Tuesday match um, on the road it can be a little difficult. Um, that might be why we saw someone like a Kevin Austin playing the right wing position and uh, Edson Alvarado playing on the left wing. Uh, typically not players you would see in those positions, which with a team that is struggling on offense, which Orange County admittedly is doing, they've only scored very minimal amount of goals this season. Uh, you look at that lineup. I know seven. Yes, I know you guys like are on sync there. Um, We're synced. I love it. But, you know, you, you go into that lineup, you're like, Kevin Alston playing the right wing. How are we going to get goals off that? Nothing against Kevin Alston, but he's a defender. Um, 
it, it it's one of those things you look at it, maybe it was planning ahead and looking at, okay, we're going to do this against Los Dos because we feel like this is what will work against them. Now we're going to go to Las Vegas and maybe put our more offensive firepower there being on the road, trying to get the points there. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that is what we see. Maybe get a, uh, get to see a DJ there in the starting lineup um, in Las Vegas. That would be very nice to see. We've we've missed him the last few matches. Um, and and who knows? Um, it, it'll, it'll be tough. Uh, nothing against Vegas. It'll be tough to go on the road and get those points. Uh, but I think at this point now, the way they've performed and now the expectations are risen a little bit uh, because Phoenix dropped some points, not only to us, but now to Phoenix, which opens up Group B for Orange County. So now you really have to look at that Let's take advantage of that. Let's get those points in Las Vegas, which Phoenix couldn't get, and let's really put ourselves in a position where we can fight for the top of the uh, of the group. Really quick predictions for this match. Um, I, I I'll go to you, Dylan. I, I think we might have done this the last episode, but I don't remember, and things have changed. Maybe a little bit. Who knows? I I I, I don't know. Two uh, nil Orange County. Allen? 2-1 Orange County. I like his more, but I knew he was going to say that, so I was like, I'll go with the clean sheet. Um, 1-0 Orange County. Whoa, 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 everyone. This is monumental times here on the Orange and Black Soccer cast. What is happening? What happened to you, Ray? Who kidnapped Ray, and who is this imposter? That was my. That was going to be my backup shout, is 1-0. I think it's very <laughs> get a goal and then defend. Um, really quick, moving on after Orange County takes care of Vegas, they have to now come back home and host Allen's team from San Diego coming up I-5. So I don't know, people like to tend to call the Los Dos versus Orange County thing, the 405 Derby, I guess, or Derby or whatever the phrasing is of that, how that works out. What are we calling the San Diego OC thing? Cause it's close enough where you should have something. Is it going to be the I-5 thing or, or I don't know what we'll call it or... We'll figure something out. We have to figure something out for this. But San Diego will be coming up to Championship Soccer Stadium um, to face Orange County. Uh, I think uh, San Diego has now officially hit that wall in the USL. They they got off to a nice uh, start with a couple amazing victories. And now they're realizing it's not always as easy as it seemed those first few matches in this league. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Alan, because you're the San Diego expert. Um, how's San Diego looking heading into this match uh, against Orange County? Um, um, there's been some injuries. Uh, Irvin Parra has had knee surgery. He's out five weeks. Ben Spencer's hurt. He's two strikers are down. Uh, good news. John Kempen was announced that he was coming back. There's some loan issues with Columbus. Uh, so that'll be a nice solid backing and he can steal some points. Uh, cause he's our Frederick do. I mean, basically what we saw at a Frederick do the last time San Diego and orange County played, um, John Kempen is that guy. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of pragmatism in San Diego right now. I was exciting at the beginning. There's been a lack of goal scoring for obvious reasons. Um, but I think San Diego and Orange County is a very interesting matchup because Orange County can sit back and counterattack. That kind of was their um, MO against San Diego last time. And I think they're going to try and do that again this time. It makes sense. Um, and I think... Uh, Coach Nate Miller said it like, hey, we can be like, yeah, we outplayed them. It's like, yeah, but if the team's sitting back, like you can't really claim that you outplayed them if they're playing that style of, hey, we're going to let you have possession. We're going to let you take your chances, and then we know we got guys to break out, and that's what we saw um, against Orange County. That's what we saw um, against Reno. Reno was able to do that, just like these super quick attacks. Um I think it's a very, very interesting matchup. I think the two teams and their styles um, are an interesting chess match that if San Diego can take advantage of some of those opportunities, uh, they might be able to play spoiler. Um, and I know that the coaching staff is interested in this matchup because it is a very interesting uh, styles matchup. And some, some teams, like, you just can't play against. And some teams, for some reason, match up pretty well against each other. So I think there's a little bit of hope. Um, as far as naming it, I mean, until San Diego does something against Orange County, I don't think anyone's going to really care to call it anything. Um, I, I think at this point, or, uh, San Diego is at a at a point where 
they're doing some introspection and, and kind of looking at who they have for year two. I think getting Orange County and Phoenix in their draw already put them kind of behind the eight ball. Um, so there's a lot of trying guys out. There's a lot of moving pieces around. There's a lot of development about what style you like to play. Uh, Colin Martin has come around really nicely. Um, Carlos Alvarez had a great game last match. Uh, the Really, the key is can um, folks like Charlie Adams, who Orange County fans know, uh, Jack Metcalf, Elijah Martin, can they get up high and cross balls in? But the problem is when you don't have that big striker, who are you crossing balls into? I think Colin Martin's like one of the taller guys, and he's 5'11". Um, so there's been some issues that San Diego needed to address or needs to address. I don't know if they're bringing somebody in or signing somebody, but right now your two big number nines are out, and that changes your whole style of play. Like they switched formations. So you'll probably see like a 3-4-2-1 as opposed to a 3-5-2. But Orange County saw that before, and it was relatively successful at times. So I think it's going to be a fun one with Orange County on um, kind of a quick turnaround again, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Uh, San Diego hasn't, wouldn't have played since Saturday. So I think there's a, an opportunity to take advantage of some tired legs for Orange County. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's a little bit of a lack of depth in San Diego right now, which was a strength uh, that just isn't there right now. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Uh, with San Diego looming in the future after Las Vegas, uh, these te- it's not now a new team that Orange County has no familiarity with. They just played them a, f- a couple weeks back, so they sort of know what to expect out of a San Diego squad. Uh, San Diego's hitting that sort of first-year wall now at this point where there are they, they were on that high to begin the season, and now they're sort of sitting in this sort of slump-type situation. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Um. I don't have too much to add that differs from what Alan has said already. Um, it's nice that he's an insider info. Uh, I knew Parra was out mostly seeing his knee taped in training for like the last couple of weeks. Um, had no idea about uh, Ben Spencer, but they're obviously, you know, it's not that they're an unknown team, right? Because Orange County will have familiarity with a lot of these players. Uh, Carlos Alvarez played for Orange County, Urban Parra played for Orange County. Um, Charlie Adams. Charlie Adams played for Orange County. Elijah Martin played for Fresno last year. A lot of these guys have been in the league and been on teams that Orange County has faced. And if you've looked at the recruitment process that our club has worked under the last two, three seasons, they probably know a lot about these guys already. So not necessarily so much of a new team, but it is Orange County's game to lose. Um against a side that basically has no fit strikers. It's John Kempen's time to impress for San Diego. It's Ugo Coley and Chandler Hoffman. And um, I mean, really whoever else is up there, Brian Olosky is probably overdue for a goal. Now Uh, he's been pretty selfless in his play. It's up to those three, I think to, to put a couple past him. Maybe an Aiden Quinn hit another banger. And that's it, I think. I, I don't know what else Orange County can hope for there. Um, I think the thing that saves Orange County some fatigue is rather than trying to play this expansive style that Pittsburgh's playing, that Phoenix is playing, we've kind of reverted to score one and sit back, which, although stressful, not the most exciting, is very, very, very effective. Yeah, it's uh, it and, and that's one of the key reasons why our defense has been so successful this year is we've been able to drop back and almost sort of park the bus early in matches because there's not this this urgent need. And even on some of these matches where we haven't scored early and we haven't gone up early, I think you're seeing the confidence that Coach Braden Cloutier has with this club, with this team, this group of players that he knows they're going to get their opportunities now. They have to succeed in these opportunities. They actually have to score the goals, but those opportunities will come. So I think Orange County and the coaching staff, they're looking at just limit the chances for the defense. I mean, for the opposing team with solid defense and just take your opportunities when they come. So that's why I mentioned earlier when we were talking about like Ugo Okole needs to, um, or as the broadcaster like to say, Oakley, he needs to uh, perform 
in those opportunities that he has and at least get those shots past the goalie. I, I'd rather it hit the post than going straight to the goalie. That's just my personal opinion. So um, that's what's helped out, especially with the shortened season. I, maybe that's part of the reason why they're doing this type of game plan uh, where they are not exerting so much energy from match to match. They're really conserving their energy during the match and looking for those opportunities when they come. Um, prediction then against San Diego. I'm going to go to you first, Alan. What are you going to say? And we're going to have this on tape. So your, your San Diego uh, listeners, make sure you, I'll send this to, to your people over there at the Fairweather Pod so they can play this. Um, so they can hear what you have to say. What are you saying, Alan? Um, I'm going to go one, one draw. <laughs> he went the easy way. He took the easy, the easy out on that way. Dylan, what are your thoughts, uh, against San Diego? Uh, if Kempin's in that one nil orange County, if one of the other 15 goalkeepers that they have signed for some strange reason, you know, before I get to my, maybe they should consider throwing like Guerrero up top or Fenlison up top, because that is a big man. Those are big men. You just hoof it to him and hope he can knock a header down or chest it down to someone else who can strike it. That Landon, give me a call, buddy. We can do the soccer things together. We can do the soccer plays together. Um, to nail Orange County without John Kempen in goal. Without him in goal. So what if he is in goal? I said one nil already, didn't I? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't remember. Uh, I'm, go, I'm not uh, following any rules anymore. Oh, we'll get to the rules. We'll get to rules here in just a second. Perfect segue, Dylan. I'm going to go 3-0 Orange County. Uh, let's talk about rules because there's been some controversy um, that's unfolded over the last couple of days and sort of boiled over this morning as we're recording this or this afternoon as we're recording this. Uh, for those of you that follow USL Twitter or USL News or just follow people that are involved with this, there was some controversy with San Antonio uh, this past weekend against Tulsa, where they utilized a fourth substitution opportunity in a match. Uh, and this is not including the halftime opportunity. So there was four times during the match where play was stopped to uh, substitute a player, which as we all know, based off of what we've heard, the rules are you have three opportunities during the match and then also halftime, you can make a change. So um how do you pronounce his name? Is it Jeff Reuter? Is that the how, how you say his name uh, on Twitter? Uh, brought this up that San Antonio cheated, I guess, is is the way we could say it. And the referees didn't catch it. Uh, and then I know uh, there's now confusion over what the rule books, the, the rules are. Um, USL has basically said, well, the rules say they only will forfeit the match if they use more subs than they're allowed, which obviously they, did, they didn't because they only used four subs in a four substitution window. Um, so basically it's like, okay, there's they, it was wrong, but there's no penalty. So now you have two sides of, of, of the argument point. Some people are like, well, the rules don't say so, so that's what it has to be. And then there's others, especially a lot of Tulsa fans who have been in this type of situation in the past where they've had to forfeit a match because of, a rule violation. Um, so let me ask just each of you, what are your thoughts on this really quick? Um, should San Antonio have had to forfeit this match or, uh, or did they just sort of find a loophole? And is this now a loophole that other teams are maybe going to try and take advantage of Dylan? Per the USL and pro refs, horrifically yeah. poorly written law. Yeah, they should have to forfeit. But the guy made one touch. Um, but yeah, they should have to forfeit because now they've created a precedent that literally any other team could um, just make a fourth substitute and point to this and go, well, you, you didn't punish them here. So why are you punishing us? Nice job, league. Maybe Phoenix should have tried this against Las Vegas this, this, the, the other day and they would have... Alan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, it's a terribly written rule because the rule states something about sub allotments and not going over their sub allotments. And that's what got them in trouble is that the rule itself is ambiguous to windows versus sub allotments. And because they didn't go over five, technically they didn't go over their sub allotments. 
I <laughs> talked to my wife who's an attorney and she goes, yeah, that's a terribly written rule because it's unclear. And anytime something is unclear, you can't punish San Antonio for violating a rule with a punishment that doesn't specifically state the rule that they're violating, right? Uh, the other issue is I was unhappy that pro referees took any responsibility for this. What they should have said is it is not our responsibility to keep track of the windows or the subs. In fact, in the rule book, if you as a coach make a change at halftime and it's an ineligible player that gets put on the pitch, you know what the ref is supposed to do? Let the game continue and then alert the league. So even if you put in a player that's not supposed to be in the game, it's not even the referee's job to be like, whoa, 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 time out. Because they don't know. I think there was some confusion because one of them was during the hydration break. So there was like this confusion about maybe where the fourth, the you know, where the fourth sub came from. I would have found it very hard for the league to say, this is the rule you violated and this is the punishment because the rule doesn't say anything about windows. What I would like them to do is say, sub allotment and slash or sub windows in that rule. And then from here on out, like if you violate the sub windows, maybe it's a yellow card to the player and a yellow card to the coach. And if you violate the allotment, then it's a forfeit, but they didn't use players. They weren't supposed to use. They just used a sub window that they didn't have available. Yeah. And I, I think sort of what you're referencing there with, you know, players that aren't supposed to play type thing. I think that's referencing sort of the Tulsa, Tulsa uh, situation uh, a couple seasons back against, uh, I believe it was switchbacks where I guess from what I read from history and I wasn't really following either of these teams back then, but it was uh, Tulsa alerted the league of the roster change, but the refs weren't alerted of it or something like that. And so Tulsa had to forfeit a match that they had won, like really just won the match. So Dylan, what you're okay. You're trying to like, remember what the score was. It was a, it was a pretty decisive victory for Tulsa, but because of a rule and something, so they had to, to, to forfeit. So it was weird to see this. And I, I, I sort of agree. I forget which one of you said is I hate that pro referees basically took blame for it. Right. Alan, um, because now it's, yeah, it's, it's this thing where, like you said, Alan, they shouldn't be having to monitor these substitutions because you can all have the, the fourth referee isn't out there with, you know, the official roster in front of them each time a substitution is announced and making sure, okay, and they're not like check marking each time a substitution is made to make sure things are going. That's really not what they're doing is they're out there to announce the substitutions and out the, announce the extra time and be there as a replacement. If one of the other officials gets injured in a match type thing. Um, and, and good pro uh, props to a, a fan of the show, a listener of the show, Harry, because I sort of posted this question to him on our social media once I, I saw this announcement. He said, hey, if that's the rules, then we should forfeit the match type thing. But apparently the rules are very vague, and therefore USL is going to not penalize a team because of the vagueness. And, and I guess Alan's wife said, hey, legally, you really can't do that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to open up this really big bucket of cluster mess here for the rest of the season because teams can potentially try this, right? They can, you know, if if Orange County is up late in a match, they could potentially just try to send a sub out there and, hey, maybe pro referees figure it out. Hey, this is not a legal substitution, so it can't work. But hey, it's still going to cut some time into a match that maybe not maybe will not be made up later on because of something like that. And, and then if it gets allowed, then Orange County be like, Hey, San Antonio, look at it. That's what happened. Right. So it, it's, that's, it's not a good look for the league. I know there's been people that have been on, on Twitter saying, you know, this basically takes all credibility away from the USL because they're basically not enforcing what looks like should be an enforceable situation, but it's just poorly written type stuff. Fun stuff. Excited to talk about that. Never a dull moment in the U.S. Never, never. Um, yeah, uh, let's do this really quick because we're really up on time here. Any last uh, soccer-related information anyone wants to share? Dylan's thinking hard. I I'm just waiting for Dylan to say, hey, uh, tell Tottenham to send us Cameron Carter-Vickers again. Yeah, now it's CCV. Um, <laughs> 
No, I thought sick. I really that had dude, something. That dude looks like a football. That, he looks like he should be playing rugby or football. He doesn't look like he should be playing soccer. That dude's oh. thick. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Alfonso Davies for being a part of a Champions League winning side. Um, super cool to learn that uh, MLS and Whitecaps like try to screw him out of some of the transfer fee that he was owed when he moved to Bayern. But you know what? I'm thrilled for him. I'm glad he's getting paid. He's making it rain. Um, and hopefully yeah, he's been able to um, give some of that money to uh, his parents. But that is a that is a wonderful immigrant success story, isn't it? Also, probably a good thing for us to look at that and say maybe pay to play is not the way to go. But that's a different discussion that would take 15 years of my time and 15 years off of my life. Maybe in one of our off-season episodes, we can we can dedicate to something like that because that's definitely something I'm very um, frustrated about. You when it comes to soccer, yes. Whatever. Let's shut yeah. up and let everyone get on with their lives. I think. <laughs> uh, Alan, any last bit of soccer-related stuff before we go to our random thoughts? All right, Dylan, random thought. Go for it. Read what? Um, yeah, I didn't really have one. You wasn't ready for this. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, we might be off the watch list, but the way that we you stole my idea, you stole my thought, Dylan. Dang you! How we count our tests per fourteen day period, and the rather abysmal amount of testing that's happened in this county, despite this pandemic now reaching its fifth, fifth and a half month. It's embarrassing, but, uh, you know, shout out to the teachers who are working their rears off. Um, shout out to the parents who are trying to manage or whatever. Um, and I raise uh, the point that it might not be better for your kid to go into school and watch their best friend with asthma get COVID and whatever happens with that, then it would be just for them to sit at home and play Tom Nook raccoon capitalism simulator on the nintendo switch um or fortnite what 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 do kids play ray um roblox yeah sure whatever basically i i think this is um a mess but if you live work or go to school in santa Ana, you can get free uh covid testing at santa Ana college so ooh, the bare minimum Alan, your random thoughts. Uh, the census is coming up to a close, so if you've not filled out your census, please do so. It's how we keep track of how many people live in each area and get the uh, funding and you know government monies and support that they need for their communities. Uh, fill it out. Send it in. If you haven't done so already, get on it. Or if the person comes knocking at your door, at least reference or talk to them, right? Um, I, I did, I, I submitted my census online. And then a month later, I had someone come to my door, say, Hey, I'm from the census. And um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I did it online. She's like, okay. And she fell out a, a slip of paper and handed it to me or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Orange, like, like Dylan mentioned earlier, Orange County is coming off the watch list. San Diego, I think is coming off the watch list. That doesn't mean you can go back to just partying and, and not worrying about stuff. It just means We've done a great job, which means keep doing a great job so we can stay off the ding watch list uh, and keep things going in the right direction. So wear your mask still, uh, social distance when you can't wear the mask still, uh, avoid any group gatherings when when at all possible. Uh, coming off the watch list doesn't mean- Wear a mask. <laughs> coming off the watch list doesn't mean it's over. It just means you're doing a great job, keep it up. So think of it in that way and we can continue to do a great job. Uh, and also, by the way, uh, make sure you think about your teachers this year. Buy them, buy them gift cards to something. Buy them a gift card to Starbucks or Amazon or something to help them out. Uh, you know, just show them the appreciation because they've been doing such a wonderful job. I know Dylan loves that Amazon reference there. I was going to say you should find him a career that's not teaching. That's the real <laughs> big brain move. Um, but show them some love because uh, they are working more than ever to try and provide your kids with a top-notch education as best they can. Uh, although they've had now a summer to prepare for this, it's still completely different from anything they've ever done. So just show them some love, be patient. Uh, don't be that parent that's complaining 
every single day from day one that it's not the same as classroom learning. Uh, they know it. Everyone knows it. They're doing their best to try and provide the best education to your children as possible. So uh, show them love. Um, I want to, again, thank our guest, Cami Palmer, for joining us today. I know there was a lot of technical issues uh, with the connection. We apologize for that. But uh, I appreciate uh, his attempt to connect multiple times to try and make it work. We were able to get some answers, uh, some good information out of him, and we appreciate it. We'll definitely try to get him back on maybe uh, with the uh, disclaimer that we have to have a, a decent internet connection next time. Um, also want to uh, just give props and thanks to USL and USL Productions for letting us use any highlights that we use in our episodes um, with their permission. So thank you so much for that. Um, Dylan, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on, oh, where is it? There it is. You can find me on Twitter and Reddit, OCSE underscore Dylan or at eldonnews.org under the byline Dylan Allen. Willie Wombat, where can we find you? Android 48 on the Twitter machines. Perfect. And you can find me at DJ Ray Samora on Twitter. Uh, you can also find the podcast at OCSC underscore SoccerCast, or you can go to our website, OCSCPodcast.com, to listen to this in every single episode, plus write, read any written stuff that Dylan or Alan has written for you to read. Makes sense. Uh, Alan, your turn. Thanks to our sponsor, Ruckneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves, that's who they are. Official scarf supplier of the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves or masks, I believe, for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of that same old uniform and cookie cutter template from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Perfect. Great job. Great read, Alan. Dylan, he's looking weird. Someone should really get on that and make a jersey for this podcast. They should. They should. This is the Orange Black Soccer Cast. We are out.